podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end, recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late-round quarterback, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, buddy? I'm your ghoulish co-host tonight, man. I mean, I'm I'm in all my Halloween glory right now. Yeah, you love how is this, is this your your favorite holiday? Oh yeah, well yeah. I mean, uh, my, my house is just decked out in Halloween stuff. I mean, we we had a a party, a big party last week, so it's just kind of the the decorations remain. I'm actually looking at a um, at a skull that's attached to my ceiling and just hanging there right now. Nice, um, nice. So that's uh, that's something. I'm wearing a pumpkin T-shirt. Um, Wow, an going actual, all out. An actual jack-o'-lantern t-shirt that I wore to work today, so, you know. And um, uh, my backyard it has uh, uh, actual gravestones in it. So that's, wow, uh, that's impressive. It's very impressive. Did, did What did you guys dress the little guy up as? Or what uh, are you going to? Well, the, the party was too late for Xavier. Uh, um, his bedtime was uh, a little before the party started. But yeah. um, he's actually, where tomorrow he's going to be a football, just a football. Nice. And uh, Melissa and I are going to be fantasy football in that she is a football player uh, and I am a wizard. Naturally. Very nice. Very nice. Are you guys going to walk around and, and take him around and show him what's up? Yeah, for probably like 20 minutes until he gets tired and wants to go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's that's what how how old is he now? Uh he's he's 10 months, so Yeah. yeah so that's I, what happens. When when uh, you yeah. when you've been on this earth for 10 months, you can't do many things for a long period of time other right. than sleep. Right. Him, and you, and and you can't dad. and you can't even do that. Right. Him, him and my dad have similar bedtimes right now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, you know, Halloween is tomorrow, which is great, but there's also, you know, there's Thursday night football. Yay. Exciting. But, uh, last week, uh, yeah. w- with streamers, that was, that was a delayed reaction. Oh yeah. Sorry. I, I actually, <laughs> <laughs> I'll try, I'll try to be on time from now on. Yeah. Really cool, man. Just leaving me hanging. Anyway, last week, our streamers, I, I, we were talking, I was talking about this before we got on the air. Uh, the 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 air quote unquote air, uh, but man, I I probably had the worst week uh, streaming wise that I've I've had on this podcast this year. I had Carson Palmer, who was he threw two touchdown passes, but he was Carson Palmer again. Uh, Eli Manning, who was Eli again, and Geno Smith, who continued to to do his back and forth playing well and not playing well against that beat up Bengals secondary. Um, you know. It, 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 it's 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 just tough. It's tough to trust any three of those guys on a week in week out basis. That's what you're going to get from streaming sometimes. Uh, but at least you know, at least with Carson, uh, you know he was still serviceable enough to to not necessarily lose you games. I think he finished with over 13 fantasy points. Uh, and and there really just isn't there hasn't been a lot out there given all the bye weeks. So I think that's that's part of the difficulty with streaming uh, over these last or over last week and then up you know these next two weeks as well. Yeah, well, I think Palmer was a victim, uh, just a, just a plain old fashioned victim of game flow in that yeah, game. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Atlanta didn't put up much of a fight, 
the, the the Cardinals know that Palmer is just you know just can't help himself. He just throws picks every everywhere all the time. So you know with a decent running game against a really soft defense, as soon as they got a lead, they stopped throwing. And I, and I don't mean like like sort of stopped. I mean they stopped throwing the ball right. through eighteen passes. Right, right, and that's against the worst secondary going into the game, uh, adjusted wise for us for number fire at least in the entire league. Uh, that, so that, that, mean, that's remarkable that he threw eighteen, and I think that he threw twelve or, or thirteen in the first half. Yeah, right. I mean that 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 that's it's difficult to to produce solid fantasy numbers with when stuff like that's happening. And it's it's also a shame because I know a lot of people, you know, Larry Fitzgerald had a decent game, but it's it's you know, it could have been that much better. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, it really and a could. lot of people were riding him in daily. Yeah, I mean it made me it made me uh uh you know miss the the, the days of garbage time Carson in, in Oakland where you could rely on him throwing it fifty times, you know, no no, yeah. no sweat. Yeah. The one thing that I, and this is something that I wrote about uh, in that that long air, I, I actually tweeted out all those coaching articles that I did at the beginning of the season because I think those are the those are the four pieces that probably are the most accurate that I did prior to the season starting because I think they're the most they're the deepest. They definitely took me a long time to do, but I tweeted out the the Bruce Arians one. And another thing to just keep for everyone to just keep in mind is that Bruce Arians is not a pass-first coach necessarily or has a pass-happy mindset. It's more so that he's vertical, and his, his offense is actually pretty balanced. So this all this talk with Richard Mendenhall and Andre Ellington, it actually matters because whoever does get that lead running back job is going to get a fair amount of touches. Yeah, I mean, I think Ellington has to be in line for 10 or 12 at least at least yeah, you would, a week. You would think, and then Bruce Arians is going to be really hilarious and – and keep giving it to Richard Men- googly-eyed men and all. <laughs> that, that's so mean. <laughs> it's so mean, but every time I look at him, I don't know if he's looking at looking straight uh, back at uh, me. Jeez, you're such a you're such a bitter fan. I mean, <laughs> I'm such a bitter fan, man. It's bad. It's real bad. Uh, but the 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 two streaming two of the streaming defenses we had New Orleans against uh, Buffalo, who yeah. they did well. They they turned. I think they had. They had two turnovers in like the in the first quarter, I believe, against them. Yeah. Um, I mean, they were because I used them in in uh, daily almost everywhere. So they they definitely came through strong. And then we had uh, you you gave Green Bay against Minnesota and those those ponderful yeah. Uh, Vikings. Yeah. They and and Green Bay finished um, as a as a top twelve um, defense. You know, they they were really hurt by that opening. Uh, kickoff a score from Cordell pa- Patterson um that that hurt them but uh but overall I mean they they didn't force a turnover somehow yeah it's kind of amazing yeah. but I think that we can continue to target the Vikings um and 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 know that the turnovers will come eventually yeah absolutely and then the tight ends you know we had we had uh Fourier who didn't catch a single pass and then we had Eifert as well. Who, but going into it, we, we did uh, caution everyone that, that it was really difficult last week. Jordan Reed was, was the guy. And I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create this, this new thing for Living the Stream called the Jordan Reed Pass, which, is, which means we get a pass for any bad thing that we do with tight ends because we've been calling out Jordan Reed for weeks now. For, for a month and a half, really. I yeah, mean. right. So I think that, I think that you know, a, a combined 35-yard performance from two tight ends named Tyler Eifert and Joseph Fourier 
uh, we can we can maybe get a pass. Yes, I, I I hope so. And and I will say that you know Fourier uh, is clearly not you know I wrote this week he's clearly not ready for prime time fantasy football wise because um, he basically didn't play. Uh, mm. You know, um, Van, Brandon Pettigrew played like 75, 77 snaps um, right. last week, and uh, Fourier played like like eight or, or ten somewhere around there. So, um, but, you know, when you when you're not even running routes, really, it's um, kind of hard to score points. So, I'd, I would, you know, if to anyone who thought that he might be an every week option, that, that clearly is not going to be the case, even after Tony Scheffler's uh, you know dismissal from Detroit. Right, and and the, the other thing to to keep in mind uh, with with the tight end position uh, during this this bye week period is that I mean you're getting top twelve production from in, in half PPR leagues from guys if they if they catch uh, four balls for thirty yards I mean that is legitimately you're getting very close to that t- kind of production you have someone like uh, Ben Watson I think was a low end tight end one last week uh, with with Graham kind of hurting a little bit he he caught three passes for forty five yards. I mean yep. that's the that's just that's what's going on with all of these bye weeks and the way that the the schedule uh, is is working in the NFL this year. So you have and then there were guys like Tim Wright who we'll, who we'll talk about later in the podcast. Scott Chandler who has had a very very sneaky season. He had a he had a good game uh, a little bit in garbage time. Uh, so I mean it's not like you were you were really hurting if you even did take a goose egg from Fourier at tight end because other teams. I mean. Jimmy Graham led the entire position again uh, in points scored, and he caught three passes, but he just happened to score twice. Yeah, well, he he only ran eighteen rounds. Right. I mean, it's it's unbelievable, and it, it, God, that the whole Jimmy Graham thing is just fascinating. I actually, I I, I will confess on this podcast that in in my uh, my main keeper league this week, I, I traded for Jimmy Graham because he's only it's a, it's an auction league and I can keep him for four, $4 of my $200 budget. So I, I traded for him to have him. Yeah, I know. So I traded for him and I have him now, but, uh, so I was fine with the two touchdown performance. You should, you should feel bad about that. I, I, I kind of do. I it's mean, kind of, it's not, well, right now I have Jimmy Graham and Julio Jones as my two keepers because I've kind of, I've kind of just taken. I'm in, I'm in a very very. We have two divisions. And I'm in the more difficult one, so I'm planning for next year more so because it's way too competitive in my division. So I got Julio, put him on IR, have Jimmy Graham. Boom! I'm set for next year. Yeah, yeah. I you know it is funny though. Um, uh, Jimmy Graham was traded in a couple keeper keeper leagues that I'm in, um, and it's amazing. I mean, one little foot injury. You know, yeah. and and people are selling like you know the the this incredibly valuable guy. Right. Um, the 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 short the short sightedness of it all is is really remarkable. Yeah, I mean he he's he, you you can't really compare him to any asset right now, even Gronk, because Gronk hasn't proven yet that he's going to be uh, the consistent tight end monster that he has in the past. I fully expect him to to turn things around, but I mean Jimmy Graham is really within his own. I mean, it's been that way all season long, but he's in, really within his own tier. Yeah. Um, so those were our picks. I mean, it was a bad week. That's fine. Defenses were good, though, by by my lovely co-host. But uh, now we're, we're moving into week nine. It's going to be a fun one. Do you want to uh, start things off with some defenses? Uh, sure. On, uh, on the fake football um, this week, I... I talked about basically um, if you picked up the Saints last week and streamed them against the, the Bills, which was a really smart move. 
I'm actually kind of shocked that the Bills were able to muster 17 points in that game yeah. because every time I every time you know red zone went to that game, it was just like Thad Lewis being crushed, the ball being <laughs> picked off, fumbled, you know, and then and then suddenly they had 17. I have no idea how that happened, but the the Saints are you know are a legit defense. I mean they're not elite, but they're but they're you know top half of the league, and they play you know the Jets who are pretty much turnover machines at this point. Right. Um, uh, this, this stat jumped out at me, you know, in streaming defenses, it's, it's always good to look at the past three or four weeks rather than the the whole season. Yep. Um, and you'll find that as, the, as the season wears on and, um, and you'll find that to be a more valuable, um, way of looking at streamers. But, um, the, the jets, uh, over the past three weeks, three games, have allowed uh, 16 fantasy points to opposing defenses, um, and uh, that that's a that's a, a huge number. It's it's the most of anybody in the league over mm-hmm. that span. Um, so they're they're giving the ball up quite a lot, and I mean that makes sense really when you think about um, uh, a somewhat erratic uh, rookie quarterback in in an unabashedly pass heavy attack. Um, you know, then this is these are the kinds of things that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, the Saints are on the road, which I'm not. You know, I'd, I'd much rather a streamer be at home, but in this case, I don't think it much matters. Um, uh, I have the Saints as a as a top six option this week, um, uh, and then beyond the Saints, I have the the Cowboys who get the Vikings uh, in Dallas. Um, I just think that you have to stream against Christian Ponder when you can. Yeah. Uh, you know, poor Adrian Peterson with the eight, eight and nine man boxes. I mean, and not only that, but he's not getting the volume. No, but I mean, really, you know, when they're when they're down fourteen in the second quarter, and right, and, right. And they have nine guys on the line. I mean, what do you, you know? You're going to give it to him again? I, I, right. I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve it. I'm just saying it. I just can't. I can see where they just kind of shrug their shoulders and say we we can't even use our most valuable right. guy. But, um. Anyway, I, I have the Cowboys um, as my number sixth-ranked defense this week. I actually have the Saints as the number four, so I actually had that mixed up. I have the Saints as my fourth-ranked defense, Cowboys at six, which I, I know is um, higher than most, but uh, I, I think that they're a big uh, upside play there. Uh, and finally, um, I, I have the Raiders, and you know the, the Raiders uh, have one of the softest, most appealing uh, rest of season uh, schedules um, as, as mm. far as defenses go. So I would see them really as, you know, much more than, than a single week option. I wouldn't, I wouldn't commit to them. I know people like people really want to do that. I know, I know you see this on Twitter a lot, JJ, mm-hmm. where people, some to fantasy football owners sometimes beg for, right. uh, for confirmation that they can just, they can just plug in, you know, defense X for the rest of the year and not think about it. Right. But that that's that's never what I have. But that's not even fun. No, it's not. But 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 it is. <laughs> but it but it's it's comfortable, right? Right. Totally. I mean, it's it's just like uh, uh, oh oh. So the Raiders have a soft schedule, so I can just plug them in and forget about it, right? And like, no, you're gonna have to still make decisions. I know you don't really want to, but you you know. Right. It's, but yeah, you're right. I mean, what, what's the point of the game? I, I don't know. Yeah, you're not you're not managing your team like like you could, and you're not maximizing value. That's not fun. Yeah, no. And what was your line? Uh, uh, 
you, you had a great line in your book uh, th- this year uh, about uh, about uh, manipulating your team. Uh, I'll have to go back uh, and, and tweet that out tomorrow. But um, anyway, the, the Raiders play the, the Eagles. Um, the Eagles have given up, um, you know, a, a bunch of turnovers lately. Haven't scored much, many points as we saw last week against a yep. horrendous Giants defense. And actually, the the Raiders defense um, uh, has averaged 13 fantasy points per game uh, over the last three home games. Um, yeah, they now, played well against Pittsburgh last week. Yeah, and and I well I actually, enough. Yeah, I I used them in a couple leagues. Yeah, me they too. Were, they were fine. Yeah. Um, so I have them as my 10th ranked defense. Um, I don't think you can do much better off the waiver wire this week. Yeah, I like it. I dig it. So you have the, let's recap, the Saints, the Cowboys, and the Raiders. Yeah. The, the one thing, I mean, it's another really, really annoying, stupid week in the NFL. Like, the, the matchups are just atrocious again. And, yeah. and and I think that there are a lot of interesting streamers out there. For instance, you know, I, I picked up uh, Tennessee's defense in, in a league that they were available, not only because this week they play the Rams, but next week they play the Jags. So that's a that's a combo play in a way. And then, what do you what are your thoughts on Cleveland against Baltimore? Oh, I actually really do like Cleveland. I I meant to say that. Uh, uh, I mean, you know the the Ravens offense, you know, doesn't scare anybody. I, I have the Browns as a um, as a top twelve option, and I I think that the Browns defense really has looked worse than it is, much worse than it is because they're they. They have their backs up against the wall so often, right? You know? Right. Um, with you know, with Whedon, especially when he was a quarterback. I mean, that defense just just got got no help. You know, they're always right. on the field. They're always, oh, you know, all, uh, Whedon's turning it over on on the wrong side of the fifty all the time. So, um, I think that they're much better than people give them credit for. And yeah, I, agree. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't begrudge anybody for for going with them over the Raiders or or even the Cowboys. Yeah, actually, that, I, I brought them up, too, because I wanted to hear your thoughts because I'm probably going to roll with them in, in FanDuel because they're a $5,000 defense. And that's, that's good. Yeah, right. And the, But the thing, the thing too, I'm looking at the Browns now with their points. They, they, they gave you negative outputs against Detroit and Green Bay, but that's Detroit and Green Bay. Other than that, they, they had three straight weeks of double-digit fantasy points uh, as a defense. And then the other three weeks outside of Detroit and Green Bay, they, they put up five. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't as if it was horrible. The last time... Uh, if you're wondering, the last time they played Baltimore, they put up five fantasy points and they allowed 14 points. Looks like they had a uh, fumble recovery uh, and two sacks. So, you know, it's not it's not like they they had a, a poor game. And and we all know that Joe Flacco is prone to to throwing the ball or turning the ball over and throwing interceptions. Right. And you know, we talked about um, uh, focusing on schedule adjusted uh, uh, points. Yeah. Up. Um, the uh, Ravens. Um, Sorry, I'm looking here. Oh, the Ravens have given up um, uh, 9.4 schedule-adjusted points per game uh, to, defenses. to defenses. So that's um, that's a hefty amount. Yeah, it's a, I think it's a solid play. Uh, I mean, obvi- the Browns' defense is not the Browns' problem or the main problem for the Browns. Oh, uh, not at all. Not at all. So I think that's that's one probably – it might be a misconception to some of the people listening. Um. Cool. All right. Well, I'll uh, I'll dig into some of the quarterbacks now. I know that you had your your waiver wire article go out on four for four, so there might be some overlap with that to this as there usually is because we're both really really smart. <laughs> yes, and we never talk to each other about these things <laughs> ever, ever, ever. 
And uh, I, but I want to know about Jake Locker. Tell me about Jake Locker. Yeah, I'm going to talk about Jake Locker. I've actually, you know, I'm I'm pretty excited because I I pinpointed him before the the Titans bye week uh, in one of my in my 15 transactions article just to kind of. You know, if you needed help, if you had Tom Brady or if you had – it was when, you know, when Sam Bradford went down with his torn ACL. If you needed help uh, at the quarterback position, Jake Locker is is your first aid kit. He could he could really bandage you up and help you out. Mm-hmm. He uh, – uh, you know, I mentioned I mentioned last week in, in, in an article that since week two uh, in, in games that he actually played, I think there was four of them, uh, he actually was averaging the third most fantasy points out of every quarterback in the league. Which is which is phenomenally outstanding. I mean, that's incredible when you think about it. It's changed a bit after last week, um, just the way that the, with bye weeks and whatnot. I think he's he's averaging the sixth most. But uh, so you know, it's not it's not a significant sample, but it just kind of shows you uh, how Jake Locker has played this year, and it hasn't been poorly uh, outside of the week one against Pittsburgh. It's it's been very very strong. And and the one thing with Locker that a lot of people might not realize is. He's he's even better than you know we talk about Alex Smith all the time. He's even better than Alex Smith at running the football. He's going to give you that thirty-yard rushing uh, total floor every week, which is you know a turnover and a half difference. Uh, so uh, I think I think Locker is going to be good this week against a St. Louis uh, secondary that adjusted for uh, strength of schedule, ranks fourth to worst in pass defense, um, and and right now his his passing net expected points the. The efficiency metric we use at Numberfire is is smack dab in between Andrew Luck and Russell Wilson. So he's been a very very strong quarterback. Um, and and just to throw it out there, Kendall Wright is going to be eaten this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I expect yeah. I expect Kendall Wright is so unbelievably underrated. Yeah. I mean it's it's out of it's getting it's getting kind of out of control. Nate Nate Washington is owned more than Kendall Wright in fantasy football no, right now. And I I don't understand that. Stop it. Yeah, it's true. No. Kendall Wright, Kendall since week one, Kendall Wright has averaged over six receptions per game. Oh my gosh, that's that's un. Uh, wait, uh, Nate, wa- so so people are actually in like 2010 leagues. People were in 2010 leagues. That's right. Where where Kendall Wright wasn't in the league, but Nate Washington, uh, he might have, yeah, he, he wasn't in Pittsburgh then, but he. <laughs> I don't get when, I don't... when Nate Washington was a thing. Yeah. I don't understand it. I can't comprehend it. Nate Washington has big games. I get it. He's that kind of receiver. But Kendall Wright, it's it's kind of fascinating because Jake Locker is this this unknown quarterback commodity in fantasy, and Kendall Wright is the same with wide receiver. It, it, on Fanduel this week, Kendall Wright is fifty five hundred dollars, mm. and to me, it's that's just free money. I mean, <laughs> he he's he's getting he's getting volume. He's getting receptions. I mean, the guy has a has literally a four to five reception floor at this point. And they, they actually, I remember after that week one game against the Steelers, they, uh, Munchak came out and said that he wanted to get Kendall Wright more involved in the passing game. And that's exactly what they've done. Yeah. I mean, they, they move him around the formation. They, they don't just kind of leave him out there on an Island with the, with the other teams, with the defense's best cover guy. Yeah. Um, I really like the way they use him. And I, I do think that locker and Wright are, you know, fantasy's best kept secret right now. Mm-hmm. And and I know that it's not a secret among, you know, real degenerate types, but um among, you know, uh, people with lives, it's uh um, you know, they're unknown. Right. Right. It's it's it, it's it's it, there, there's no excuse for I like I I wrote a piece and I said that there's no excuse for Kendall Wright to be on your waiver wire. And someone there's actually this there's this we have this Facebook troll on a number fire account. 
uh, <laughs> for on Facebook where every time he like I looked at his profile and he's in his mid sixties probably. And every time I post something uh, on behalf of Numberfire, I'm not posting as JJ Zacharyson, but the, every time I post something on behalf of Numberfire, this guy responds and he's like, "But that's not how my league works." Oh. And he like he got really mad because I had this very declarative statement to to that Kendall Wright should be owned in all fantasy leagues, and he got very very frustrated because he's in an eight team league. Right. And I'm just I'm like, like whatever, dude, whatever. I mean, yeah, no, I, I do. Uh, this is not a rant, but I will say. That uh, it it blows my mind that uh, you know when I throw like three or four defenses out there and someone responds like they're all taken in my twenty team league. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. well, I'm not writing for you. I'm not writing for twenty team league. Who's right. in a twenty team league? <laughs> right. Or or the guys that are in thirty six team leagues and they're trying to get a defense off waiver wire. Yeah, I'm like, it's not gonna it's not gonna happen. I'm not writing. I'm writing for like a, a very general audience. I, right. Oh my god, that just driving nuts. And that's that's part of the reason though that on this, I mean, we usually on this podcast, we usually give a pretty obvious guy and then we give <clears throat> maybe a not as obvious and then we give a guy that and I will in a second. That's just like you're only going to start him if you are in a 16 team league, but we mm-hmm. can't I mean, we've said this many times, we can't we can't know who's available in your league because you could be in a league full of, of idiots. <laughs> you let you likely are. Yeah, that's probably the case. Uh, so that was that's Jake Locker. He's the first quarterback stream, uh, streamer, and he he. Re- I really think that he should be uh, picked up. Like I said, with Tennessee's defense earlier, they play Jacksonville next. The second half of their season or, uh, is actually pretty passing friendly, not so much rushing as as we thought it was going to be with Chris Johnson, um, which is unfortunate because I know a lot of people bought Chris Johnson low, hoping that his schedule would ease up, which it appeared to be easy but teams like Oakland uh, and Arizona all those teams are actually playing a lot better uh, at stopping the run than they had uh, one when we were making those statements about Chris Johnson yeah I, I don't know if you were really into the buying Chris Johnson low I know that uh, three, I, three 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 or four weeks ago I said to buy him low but uh, at this time I'm I'm eating crow yeah no I, I uh, I'm actually I'm, I'm stuffed full of crow on that on that <laughs> I, uh, I right after week one I was just like you know, I looked at it, his previous numbers and the way you know the way they were running the ball and some things Mike Munchak said and uh, yeah, I, I thought he was a buy low, um, but uh, that's probably incorrect. <laughs> so yeah, well, and now we have Munchak coming out today saying that Sean Green was going to get fifteen to, or he was hoping him for him to get fifteen touches a game, which mathematically makes zero sense because Chris Johnson's been averaging like twelve or thirteen a game over the last couple weeks, but. Yeah. Well, they um, came out and said that he he still wants Chris Johnson to touch the ball at least twenty times. Right, which doesn't. I mean, Mike Munchak doesn't know what he's talking about. So the, basically, Jake Locker is not going to throw it anymore. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> right. So screw that first streamer. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, completely wrong. Anyway, uh, the second streamer I have is Alex Smith, who is constantly on this list, but that's because he's just constantly mediocre. And and if if you catch him with a good matchup. You know, what's interesting is that last week wasn't necessarily a, a great matchup, but he really put up some solid fantasy numbers uh, against Cleveland. But uh, Buffalo ranks 29th against quarterbacks who who the Chiefs are playing this week. And my gosh, the Chiefs' defense always is – their matchups, it's like every week they have the best defensive matchup. Oh, it's such a joke, honestly. It is. It is. And, and Matt Flynn might start this week or or, yeah. or, Je- or Jeff Tooltime. <laughs> I mean, it just – yeah. uh 
Hey. Yeah, it's it's incredible. And and I'm not I'm not one to really uh knock a team for strength of schedule or anything. You know, people are people are getting angry at the Chiefs that they're undefeated when they haven't played anyone. And it's like what the hell do you want them to do? Like they they can't just this isn't college football, but at the same time, mm-hmm. I mean, I do, you know, obviously the, this this, you know, they're still playing NFL caliber teams because they're in the NFL. Uh, and, and the defense is performing unbelievably throughout the season. So they're still, I mean, they're a very legitimate defense, but it's just, it's incredible that every week they're playing a backup quarterback mm-hmm. every week. I know. I know. Um, by the way, uh, I know, uh, I know you're not, not, not a big fan of Alex Smith, but no, my man is QB 13 at the moment. Just, just for the record. That's solid. That's solid. And he's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna, he's gonna put up uh, a solid game again this week. Here, here are the. The passing touchdowns allowed by Buffalo through the week so far. 2-2, two, 2-2, two, 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 1, 3-3-5. Three, three, so they've given up uh, 11 touchdowns the last three weeks. And I will say that that one touchdown pass game, that was that Brian Hoyer, uh, Brandon Whedon game on Thursday night when Brian Hoyer sadly went down. Oh, don't. Try not to cry. Try not to cry too hard. Hashtag never forget. Hashtag. Hashtag that that was rough. Just another one of your one of your boys going down for the season. And I honestly, yeah, I, I uh, that that was a, that was a good long, steamy crying shower after that. <laughs> so Alex Smith is number two. He's he's still available out there because people keep adding him and dropping him because uh, that's the kind of player that he's been this season. Um, but like Denny said, he's the QB thirteen. So good on you, Alex, <laughs> if you're listening. Which I know that you do every once in a while. Uh, absolutely, I mean him, and uh, I think all the Chiefs fans because we just have such love for the Chiefs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and the Rams clearly, which we, we <laughs> all Rams league. We isn't it funny? We talked about the Rams nonstop in the off season, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I mean we we weren't the only ones, obviously, but it's like, we were like Bradford, Brian Quick, Jared yeah. Cook, uh, Pete Richardson. Yeah. That, that offense is going to be oh they're the Rams. Oh. Yeah. The the only the only uh thing that I'm very very happy about is that I I was so uh, authoritative with with Davis Maddock with Daryl Richardson. Yeah. And yeah. And that makes me feel that I'm smiling right now Davis thinking about that. <laughs> but but yeah, I I actually I wrote that uh this Calvin Johnson article, this 10 facts about Calvin Johnson's 329-yard performance, and one of the facts was Calvin Johnson's fantasy output in week 8 was better than the fantasy outputs from all non-Austin Pettis wide re- Rams wide receivers this season. Oh my goodness. Every every single Rams receiver outside of Austin Pettis who was not on the radar on anyone's radar other than I think I think Fantasy Douche was was talking about him a little bit yeah. before the the season started. Leave it to leave it to Frank to to say something about that. But uh yeah, Austin Pettis is the only one who has outscored Calvin Johnson's week 8 this season. You know, but you know, you know uh, uh Douche loves uh any 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 tall fast wide receiver, it doesn't matter who. Oh yeah. So yeah. They, he fits that bill. Yeah. Um, and the, the, go ahead. With the, with with Calvin, uh, I I embarrassingly had him on like two daily teams last week. So nice. I, I am I I'm just I'm just embarrassed. Like, why why in the world would would because I, I could have afforded him. You know, a, right. a few times I even had him plugged in. I was like, nah, <laughs> <laughs> nah. I don't I don't like money. Yeah, that's 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 a shame. It, that's a that's a crazy uh, annoying part with fan or with uh, daily fantasy though is that when 
when teams have a guy like Calvin or, or Marvin Jones, uh, who I, I don't even want to talk. We're not talking about Marvin Jones after this, but uh, if if a team has one of those guys, they they win. Oh in, yeah, in, in no, I, I actually I, I, I analyze uh, every Tuesday. I analyze the winning uh, draft day. Um, yes, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, lineup and uh, the one that wins a hundred thousand dollars, which makes me just so brutally jealous every time I analyze this. But um, yeah, so Marvin Jones, the guy guy had Marvin Jones and Calvin. That's um, absurd. Um, Who and, else did he have? Breeze. Um, yeah, and and the Bengals defense and. Um, Josh Brown, which I, are you kidding me? Yeah, because he's. You get, well, I mean, this is how you know. I guess this is how you went hundred grand. But no, I, I know. But it's it's just like when you when you sit back and think about that, the yeah. things that have to go right. Oh, I know, I know, and and I, I will say that you know because he had all of these incredibly high scoring uh, players and defenses and kickers, uh, um, this this person didn't even have a have a have a quarterback wide receiver stack. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's not like he started Stafford and and had Megatron. Like the fact that 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 you can win a huge, huge tournament without a stack, it just just kind of boggles my mind. Yeah, that's very very impressive by that man, or just incredibly lucky. Yeah. Um. So the third quarterback is Josh McCown. I told you that I was gonna dig a little bit deeper. Oh, I love. Uh, him. Yeah, I mean, it's he. He actually played pretty well uh, in relief of Jay Cutler, but he was also playing a really, really crappy defense. Uh, but Green Bay, you know, they they've played better recently against the pass, but um, you know, they still rank twenty fifth when adjusted for strength of schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, they've uh, they allowed one hundred forty five to ponder last week in a rushing TD, which isn't anything spectacular, I understand, but it's also Christian Ponder. Uh, but they've allowed 14 or more fantasy points to a, a quarterback every single week, mm-hmm. except for Brandon Whedon. So once again, we have a, a Brandon Whedon kind of breaking the rule. It was just like against the Bills defense, Brandon Whedon against uh, Green Bay did not perform well. Remember yeah. when he was a thing too in week one? Oh my goodness. They, I mean, when, when you come out in the preseason and you throw for, I guess, two touchdowns in like one quarter, that's it's tough it's tough to say like it's tough to it's tough to do anything but overreact i think especially because at that time we're so hungry for for anything to latch on to right yeah it's it's like we see something like oh my god oh my god he's legit um uh, but about uh mccown um the the yeah the packers are allowing uh 19 almost 19 adjusted uh fantasy points per game to quarterbacks so that's um that's a lot that's that's ju- that's just the same as uh, the Eagles and a little bit better than Denver, if it gives you wow. any idea. Solid. So that's uh, those are the three: Jake Locker, Alex Smith, Josh McCown. And as a reminder, the defenses were New Orleans, Dallas, and Oakland, and Cleveland. That's right. We just yep. kind of threw Cleveland in there at the end. Cool. Denny, why don't you talk about a tight end that is is becoming very near and dear? He's like the new Jordan Reed of this podcast. Yeah, yeah, I I, I am uh, a, a a tad bit infatuated with Tim Wright, uh, Timothy, if you will, um, uh, from from the Buccaneers. Um, we saw him score a touchdown against the Panthers in um, garbage time last uh, last Thursday, um, and that's that's really how he's produced so far. Is uh, 
in in total, uh, you know, full fledged panic mode late in the games when the Bucks are down by a hundred and just yeah. throwing the ball everywhere. So, um, first of all, uh, I don't I don't like to make um, predictions and projections based on anticipated game flow, but I mean, if you ever met a team that is going to face a lot of blowout garbage time situations, you know, it's it's Tampa, right? I mean, at the, at sure. the moment, they're a disaster. So. Um, I did factor that in, in, into this a little bit for this week. They're they're going to Seattle. Um, you know, not that Seattle lit the world on fire last week, but um, uh, yeah, I would think that the Bucks will be severely outmatched here. But just getting back to to, to Wright's uh, peripheral stats, um, you know, I would like to talk about how many um, fantasy points per route a, a guy scores, and uh, Wright is averaging point one eight. Uh, points per route, which is is really not uh, not much. We really we look for something around the point two one area, mm-hmm. and so point one eight is 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 lower than I'd like to see. Um, but thankfully, he's been running uh, more pass routes um, lately. Uh, uh, it's gone from uh, uh, twenty seven uh, to thirty four, all the way to fifty one uh, pass mm-hmm. routes against the Panthers. Now, fifty one is just an insane amount. That's like a that's like a Dallas Clark week one um, yeah. amount, which makes me want to vomit. But <laughs> Dallas Clark. yeah, um, uh, but so, uh, that Dal- Dallas Clark season has been what Rich Rebar has been calling a lumberjack ending. Yeah, I, actually, I, I have a question about that in just a second. But uh, uh, yeah, so Wright's Wright's running more um, more pass more pass routes, which is good. And Mike Williams going down with that hamstring injury, uh, I think, as far as I can tell makes Tim Wright the default number two option for Mike Lennon uh, yeah. going forward, maybe for the rest of the year. Um, right. He's a converted, uh, he was, you know, converted wide receiver. He's a big guy. I, I would, I would assume that along with Vincent Jackson, he's going to be a consistent red zone and, and end zone threat. Um, so, you know, he, he's available in all leagues that don't have uh right family members. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so, uh, you know he's out there, and um, I I have him as a, a top fifteen play for um, for this week, and I think that might actually be a little conservative. I think he's a great bye week replacement, and maybe someone to you know stick on your roster and see what happens. Yeah, and there aren't there are not many tight ends this week, which is why the guy that I'll talk about in a second is I mean it's atrocious that I'm recommending him, but I have to <laughs> I have to at least come forth with with one guy and then talk about another, but. What were you going to say about the lumberjack ending? Yeah, no, okay, so I've seen this on Twitter for the last few days, the lumberjack ending, this and that. I, and I'm just lazy, so I didn't ask. I didn't Google it. What, what does that mean? Okay. I'm going to I'm gonna say right now that if, if anyone listening is has is been watching Dexter and you haven't finished the series, turn turn the podcast off, pause it, and jump about a minute in this podcast, maybe two minutes, uh, because it'll be a little bit of a spoiler. So I'll I'll let that happen, and I'll give you I'll keep rambling like this until I'm giving you enough time to do that. You know what? I haven't seen the end. Of do you want me to not? Do you want no, me to no, not no, tell no. you? But I hated the show so much that I don't care if you ruin it for me. Okay. All right. Well, basically, what happens at the end of Dexter is uh, he. Long story short, I mean, it's there is a lot of of different uh, storylines going on at the end because obviously the Dexter writers like to make things as 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 complicated as they possibly can without anything really making any sense. And uh, so at the end, he's there's a hurricane in Miami, right? 
and he goes out onto his boat and he actually uh deb do you know deb his sister yeah yeah she's dead and he he throws her into the ocean okay so after he throws her into the ocean he 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 makes a phone call to his son and his son and his girlfriend who is also a serial killer and who are who are going to argentina and he says that he loves them and then the next scene is him driving his boat directly into the hurricane okay and everyone and then the next the ne- there's a fade to black and then it opens up and it's miami and it's the next day and it's very sunny and everything is 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 beautiful outside uh and and they they show a clip of his broken down boat in the ocean and he's nowhere to be found mm-hmm. so he's dead right well that's what you think then there's another fade to black and they're in a lumber yard and there's this giant truck pulling this lumber and out out of this truck comes this bearded man and it's Dexter. No. And he goes and he then the next clip they show him walking towards this old old just just torn up house and he walks into this house he sits down at a table and just looks at the screen and he's a lumberjack and then it just fades to black that's the series. It's over. He's a lumberjack. Lumberjack ending. The lumberjack ending. So everything. It, it's all. It's 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 actually a phenomenal thing that that Rich came up with, and I'm I'm very very jealous that I didn't come up with that <laughs> because it's it's so genius. So anything that happens, like if you're if your fantasy team is doing great after the one o'clock <laughs> games and they end up losing, that's a lumberjack ending. <laughs> It's it's phenomenal, and I'm I'm sorry for for those of you who, who maybe caught some of that that have watched Dexter, but it, it is seriously the it is the the worst ending you could have possibly asked for of any. I mean, I was very very into that series, and and it, I started to get less and less into it after it peaked in season four. Uh-huh. But but oh my god, the way that that ended, it's like what who are these fourth graders that are writing the yeah. show lumberjack and that's really good man that's funny mm-hmm. I, like so so for people who drafted michael vick this is a, a lumberjack yeah. ending. yeah it's a lumberjack ending i mean the, the guys who you know if, if a guy goes out uh with a torn acl that's been performing very well then that's you know sam bradford a couple of weeks ago jay jay cutler with his torn groin that's a yeah. lumberjack ending don't talk about jay yeah it's it's uh it's good i'm actually i'm looking at uh <laughs> uh, today, Rich Rebar, I, I was looking at my favorited tweets because we'll get into some of the Twitter questions in a second. But uh, Rich had sent. Well, we were. I, I was with Justin uh, Bo- Bonema. How do you say his last name? Do you know what I'm talking about? Bonema. Yeah. Something. Whatever. But he tweeted at me, and I and uh, and then Rebar got in into it a little bit. But then Rich said, "CJ owners only know one type of, of feel." And then and then he just posted a, a picture of of uh, Dexter as the lumberjack. <laughs> it's it's just it's it's unbelievable the the whole concept. So I think that that needs to be something that uh, continues on in fantasy circles into next year. Oh yeah, and beyond. It's phenomenal. Anyway, so we have Tim Wright. I'm, I'll get through this really quickly. It's Zach Miller. All right. I'm not really thrilled about this. Tampa Bay, yeah, exactly. Vomit noise. Tampa Bay versus uh, tight ends. Remember how bad they were at the beginning of the season after weeks one and two with yes. uh, Jimmy Graham and Kellen Winslow. They've gotten a little bit better. Greg Olson scored against them last week. Miller's had seven receptions the last two weeks. Um, you know, five of them came against Arizona and their horrible defense against tight ends, which 
Uh, didn't really help out Tony Gonzalez hopefuls last week. But, um, you know, there's a, there's a transition in that Seahawks passing game with, with Sidney Rice being out. So who knows if, if Russell Wilson looks at, at a more reliable, uh, trustworthy target uh, while Percy Harvin tries to come back. So, you know, it, it's, it's just it's a flyer move. There, there's really, really not many tight ends out there uh, in fantasy to play this week. So he's one that, I mean, he, again, you're, you're talking three receptions for 40 yards and you, you are a tight end 12. So mm-hmm. I, I think that it's, it's possible that that happens. Right. And, and then you can always sacrifice ahead. something to the deities for a touchdown, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. And not only that, I mean, it, it, it's not worth trading for a tight end uh, when it, when you're just dealing with a bye week or something like that. If you have to just get through a week with a low tight end score, that's fine because tight ends don't score a lot anyway. That's part of the allure of tight end streaming. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's it's really not a big deal if if he does uh, Joseph Fourier us. <laughs> yeah. And then the other guy I just want to touch on for like 20 seconds is Garrett Graham and for people to not lose faith in him. I think the targets will, will come hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the matchup this week isn't brilliant, but I think that he should see a little bit more action than he has so far with Owen Daniels being out. Yes, I, I'm, to- I'm in total agreement there. Cool. All right, let's get to some Twitter questions. We didn't do this the last last week. I think we did two weeks ago or three weeks ago whenever we we recorded. But uh, let's let's start me reading Twitter handles. Uh, this is this is also Rich Rebar's favorite part of the podcast. This is a pretty good part, I have to admit. <laughs> All right, well, this is from Alexander Felsian, and it's uh, A Fels on Twitter. He says, "With Foster slash Tate game time decisions, who out of the three would you want?" Chris Ivory, Mike Tolbert, or with recent news, Sean Green. Oh wow! Uh, so so you have Ivory, Tolbert, and 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 Green. I mean, yeah. it's it's really hard. It's really hard to to not say Green because I mean, if Munchak is serious with the fifteen touches, I mean, who among those other guys has promised fifteen touches? Yeah, i i would I would probably agree with you. I think they they all have. Uh, upside in their own unique way because you have you have sean green with the the 15 touches um god that's what i have to name the podcast is week nine streaming and 15 touches <laughs> yeah, yeah, <there> you <laughs> but, but you have sean green with the 15 touches and then you have mike tolbert who if they get up early against that bad defense mike tolbert could get some action even if jonathan stewart is a factor or not i don't even is he ending is he gonna end up playing uh, but then, but then Chris Ivory is a wild card. I mean, he got over thirty carries two weeks ago, and the Saints' defense is is not as good against the rush as they are the pass. So, right, I, I think they all have. I, I just just roll a three sided dice. Did, did you remember back in in the summer when there was a question about you know Jonathan Stewart's readiness for the season, and he had to like he had to like bow out of a celebrity golf tournament yeah. because yeah. His ankles were messed up. Like that, like that. That's this is crazy to me that his ankles are so bad he can't play golf. I I know. I was actually thinking today. I, I, like, what is it? This is gonna sound really really strange, but what does it feel like to be questionable? Like, what, <laughs> yeah, I know. What, what what does my hamstring have to feel like if I'm Arian Foster to not play on Sunday? Yeah. I just want to I just want to feel that pain for like 25 seconds and then just turn that off. Well, see, I don't think you do because I think that. Uh, a questionable feel for them would be like, like okay, 
all right, let's see how they, oh God, oh God, I'm so yeah. bad, freaking stop, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, how, that's how we would do it. I mean, yeah, like if I, if I did to my hamstring what he did to his while I'm like rounding second base in softball, yeah. I'm I'm begging my teammates to just kill me and put me out of my business. <laughs> yeah. You'd be hospitalized for six weeks. Right, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, just do it, do it, kill me. Yeah. Tell my yeah. son I love him. Oh, man, hilarious. All right, here's another one from Darnell uh, A. Bright. He's DB Sports Maniac on Twitter. He usually tweets in all caps, but this time he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> he says, is Zach Stacy a decent number two back to Jamal Charles? I'm just going to say that's fine. <laughs> do you think? Do you think that's fine? I think that's fine. That's fine. Yep. I, uh, no, no, no. It's not, really, it sounds good. There's not. There's not much other. I mean, Stacy looked fine. Obviously, the ankle injury is a problem. But I mean, if he's healthy, he's he's an RB two. Yeah, I, I don't. You know, I I'm not sure. I, I'm trying to provide some analysis here. <laughs> Oh, that was probably a bad question to throw in here, but I'm trying to get everyone. I'm trying right, to get everyone. Go ahead, go ahead. All right. This is from Kevin Michael. Invest at invest like KB. What is your strat? This is going to be a deeper question, but what is your strategy rest of season? Like when do you, when do you trade for better starters and do you look at playoff matches, mm-hmm. et cetera, and matchups? Yeah. I mean, uh, that, that I saw that question is really good. I, I would just start by saying, um, you know, if you're clearly in the playoff hunt, you know, or or maybe a front runner in in your league or in your division, um, I I wouldn't do this quite yet. But in three or four weeks, I would start um, selling off my depth because yeah. um, you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna need that kind of depth come playoff time like you do now. Uh, so you know, sell depth for to to solidify maybe some positions you're 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 a little bit weak at and uh and go about it that way but uh, that, that's just the way i've always done it yeah i i totally agree with that uh idea and the other thing that i want to say is you know i i wrote that article about not handcuffing at the beginning of the season and the reason for that was to grab value in your draft which is not in a handcuff but what uh obviously outside of a guy like bernard pierce or because they have value on their own but or entering the season but you know if you have worthless guys on the bench um, that, that you think that are replaceable via free agency, I, I'm, I'm fine with you looking to trade that guy for a handcuff on, on another team. For instance, I traded uh, in that War Room League. I'm 6-2, and two, and I have uh, it's a 16-team league, and I'm fortunate enough to have Frank Gore, Arian Foster, and Eddie Lacy. Mm-hmm. And so today I traded Emmanuel Sanders, who's every once in a while he's in my lineup as a fill-in, whatever, for uh, Ben Tate just so that I could have a backup for Aaron Foster. Obviously, they're both hurt right now, but you know, it's, it's just kind of looking in the future. That, that handcuff thing, I think, becomes more relevant uh, if you're thinking playoffs. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I, I would say that among the handcuffs who could really pay dividends, I mean, somebody's going to hit here, I believe, um, in, the, in the next few weeks. Um, I know uh, Jamal Charles is um, is struggling, you know, with it with a knee contusion. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that that's going to be a long term injury or that he's going to miss any time, but it's just a reminder that Niall, Niall Davis is a is a must handcuff for Charles owners if you have the room. See, that's the thing. I, I'm in a league with a four team, a uh, four player bench. You know, that doesn't really leave room for handcuffs. But if you have right. a regular size bench, I would do that. Uh, right. Then you have um, uh, you have Bryce Brown in Philly. 
Um, yeah. You know, these guys are always one injury away from being war workhorses. Yeah. And Michael Bush. You, my, yeah, Michael Bush. So you should you should definitely consider it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, here's another one from Ross Durham or Dunham. Sorry, and his his handle is Dunham because it's it's D U N H A A A M. Right. Um, so he's in a bind in the 16 team league. Would you want Foles or Keenum this week? Uh, I mean, assume, I have, let's just assume they both start. Yeah, they're both playing. I have Foles higher, but yeah, you know that's just because I think he's gonna. I know he's gonna throw more. Um, and honestly, could can he look worse than he did against Dallas? Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm with you. I think that they're both. I mean, they're both flyers, but I I would I would say Foles. Uh, has a more predictable fantasy game. Yeah. Um, this one's from our buddy Phil Culbertson because him and Davis Maddock have a bet this week that uh, Terrell Pryor – Phil doesn't think that Terrell Pryor will be a number seven quarterback uh, or better, and Davis does. Uh, so do you have Terrell Pryor as a top seven quarterback? Uh, well, uh, I can check on that for you. I mean, I – I, I think it's I don't know I don't know why he couldn't be uh, you know. yeah I mean that that's that's where he's at I think number fire has him at number eight I, I'm just I, giving I, I'm giving them a shout out because it's going to be a really interesting bet because Davis is Davis would would marry I mean I know it sounds like I'm in fourth grade but Davis would marry Terrell Pryor yeah no I I believe yeah I mean I think that he would push for uh, same sex uh, um, absolutely know, marriage for, for Terrell Pryor yeah uh, absolutely marriage equality in in his state. Just so he could marry Terrell, yeah. For Kansas, uh, I have uh, I have prior seven, uh, yeah. just just ahead of Andrew Luck this week. Yeah, I'm I'm still a little. I mean, I love Terrell Pryor. I've been I've been uh, promoting the guy for a while now, but I'm a little worried that last week really wasn't that good outside of that big run. Oh God, it was it was actually horrendous. Yeah, I know. It was like one and a half points. Uh, honestly, if he doesn't get that run. Yeah, um, he's, he, he's a it, disaster. He's going to be. He would have been the lowest scoring quarterback of anybody who started yeah, last week. I know. It's it's crazy how something like that can happen. All right. Um. Someone got offered. This is Matt Riv, NCSU. I've talked to him a little bit. Uh. Before he got Jimmy Graham for or he got offered Jimmy Graham for Gio Bernard, and he said, "No matter what else my team is, I should take that right because he has Julius Thomas." I'm I'm saying yes. You still take that. I mean, if you can flex. Right. I mean, yes. Yes. You take it. Yes. But you know, hopefully he can fix a tight end. Yeah. Or he could just trade one of them away for a better running back than Gio Bernard. Yeah, I agree. Which I mean, Gio's fine, but what happened? Whatever. Um, this is from. We got two questions from from Filthy's mouth. Um, oh, what? This is a family show, man. Yeah, I know. Uh, he said. He said. Does Golden Tate get a bump with Rice gone? Uh, dot 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 potential to blow up. Um, I hate Golden Tate. By the way, we should all hate oh Golden Tate. Oh my god, I hate him so much. I yeah. can't even. Oh, I, I yeah. actually like. I, I like sweat when I think about it because I, I just hate him. I I hate him with such a white hot passion. Here's here's the interesting question though. With that, would you take Golden Tate or Boykin the rest of the season? Boy, I, if you want me to answer first, I will. I'm yeah. I'm, I, I I think I'm leaning towards Boykin. Yeah. Even with James Jones back, I think that he'll still have some value in that offense uh, as a as a number three wideout. I I think I have to go Tate there just because I don't think Harvin, you know, if and when he plays, I don't think that he'll do much to hurt Tate's value because at 
at best he'll take away the top top cover guy. Yeah. Um. You know he'll he'll move the top cover guy over. Harvin will. And yeah. Mo- most of the time, yeah. And Tate will be left with um, with you know with kind of uh, a secondary coverage, but um, he seems to have really good chemistry with Russell Wilson. He gets decent number of targets, especially for that low low volume throwing offense. So. Yeah. So I would go Tate there actually. Yeah, you're probably right. I don't really know why I said Boykin. Well, I mean, I get it. I Boykin is, you know, has Aaron Rodgers in a in a pass happy offense, so yeah, that's yeah. not. Yeah, it's 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 not nearly as one sided though as I, I mean I think it's f- from my perspective it's very very close. Yeah, I, um, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Leo Kaliski at Leo Kaliski uh, thoughts on Darius Hayward Bay moving forward. Can a higher volume negate his stone hands? um well here's what i have about that situation uh reggie wayne was averaging eight uh targets a game uh that's got to go somewhere and i don't think it'll go to one guy i think it'll be split between uh hayward bay ty hilton and kobe fleener i would expect uh uh, hayward bay to to, to get a, a nice portion of it but i really hesitate in these in these kind of circumstances to say that you know more opportunity will instantly make make a bad player good right and you know i just i so i'm i'm hesitant i i as i've made clear over and over again i'm much higher on what this will do for ty hilton and i know that hilton's not available on anybody's waiver wire and hayward bay probably is but um um, but yeah, I, so that that's how I feel about that. But if you're if you're wide receiver hungry this week, you know I can't get much better than Hayward Bay. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, exact same, exact same. You, it's like you just took the words right out of my mouth, Danny. Oh well, that's that's because we never talk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the next guy, his name is Winslow McIntyre, and his his handle is Cat Nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. With with, with two two Z's at the end. (laughs) No, no. Oh man. So he says he says, what do you do with Colston and should you trade? Let's just we'll be quick with these. What do you do with Colston and do you trade AP before before Iceberg hits Minnesota? Uh, I'll I'll go with this one. Uh, I would bench Colston and it depends what you're getting for AP. I wouldn't necessarily look to to trade the guy though. Uh, you know. I, uh, if you can get, you know, an RB one, sure. Yeah. But I, what I, what I think, you know, I, I said this in a column on Monday, I said, you know, you might want to consider, you know, mortgaging your high end running backs. If, if, if your league mates really value them, um, similarly to how they did a month ago or two months ago, then you might want to consider, um, trying to acquire high end receivers and, and, um, uh, because I would rather sc- uh, kind of scrape by at running back right now than I would at at yeah, wide receiver. Um, and what I meant by that is uh, is precisely you know th- this situation where um, if you can get a lot for AP now don't don't sell low, um, but you know if if your local you know Brandon Marshall owner is. Uh, is you know worried about McCown and and Marshall's uh, value going forward? Then ask for ask for Marshall and and a, and another running back. You know, right. Um, right? Don't just ask for Marshall, but ask for Marshall and I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think of somebody. Geo. 
Yeah, or, or Zach Stacy. Zach Stacy, yeah, uh, sure. You know, uh, guys who are, you know, who who can suffice as as starters, and and also that trade gives you a huge, probably gives you a huge upgrade at a uh, at wide receiver. Yeah, I I agree there for sure. Um, let's just we'll say the we'll, again we'll try to do this quick. Uh, I want to get all of them though because I think people really appreciated it last time we we did this, but we decided to talk about lumberjack ending for five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um. So McChief nineteen sixty one asks, uh, Starks, Jonathan Stewart, or Mike James? What? Oh, Mike James. What? Yeah. 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 That's that's where I'm at too. Yeah. Uh, at. Hang on. Uh, at <laughs> David A. Derby. Colts D or Titans D? I'm uh, going Titans. Yeah, uh, I think I have them higher. Um, yeah, Titans. Cool. Flacco, Ben, or Keenum? Flacco gets Cleveland. Ben gets New England. Keenum gets the Colts. Not not Flacco. No, I'd probably go Ben there, even though I don't like the matchup. Um, I think I have... Yeah, I have Roethlisberger at twenty-one. <laughs> so. so basically, whatever we do, you know, get Jake Locker, Alex Smith, or Josh McCown. Yeah, please do that. Good Lord. Yeah, yeah. Uh, would you drop one of these guys for Ellington? Lamar Miller, Ryan Matthews, Blackman, or Keenan Allen? I would say no. No. Wait. What? No. No. Uh, Denarius Moore, Keenan Allen, or Pierre Garcon? I'm gonna say. Do you want to go? You mean one of those? Yeah, I guess. So, this is from Fantasy Slushy. Right. Yeah, I I know. Yeah, he's a good good friend. Um, the wait, did you say uh, more? It was Denarius, Keenan Allen, or Pierre Garcon? I have I have Garcon highest. Yeah, I got Garcon. That that secondary in San Diego is not very strong. Um, Oakland or Indy? I think that you already you already said that. This is yeah. from Stephen Greenberg. No, Stephen Greenberg one. He's the first one. Uh yeah, Oakland Oakland's the one to start. Okay. This one's really interesting from Mick Scala, John McCullough, but he likes to be called Mick Scala because he's he's pretty hard. Uh, <laughs> should he start Kendall Wright over Tory Smith this week with uh uh Tory Smith getting Joe Hayden? Yes. Yeah, I'm all for that. I am all for that. I'm I'm actually looking up I think the the last time Tory Smith uh played Joe Hayden he didn't have a terrible game. Uh, he went seven for for eighty five, but I, he's Tory Smith is not the same wide receiver, whether it's quarterback play or what have you, uh, that he was at the beginning of the season consistency wise. So, mm-hmm. I'm down. I'm down with Kendall this week, man. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, this is from G Men underscore Dynasty. Is Jordan Reed good? They're definitely not a dynasty uh, anymore. Is Jordan Reed good enough that I should try to unload Jimmy Graham for an upgrade at running back? I mean, if you need running, this is one of those questions where if you do need running back help, then sure. Uh, trusting tr- trusting Reed and trading Graham, if you think that Graham is the higher valued player in your league, like severely, mm-hmm. uh, then then I would do it. Yeah, me too. And 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 you know, uh, I I see Reed as a top six or seven option every week from here on out. So yeah, you know, you're not losing a ton, although. You know, I, it is tough to part with Graham. You know, I I might I might try, try to sell, maybe sell Reed for 
for for something before yeah. I just you know kind of commit to trading away Grant. Yeah, I mean, I would I would feel out how how owners feel about both of those guys. Yes, and not yeah. and not just go for one of them. That that's the one thing with all of these trades that everyone who's listening needs to realize is that you know whenever you go to trade someone, I know this isn't necessarily completely related or one to one, but. When you go to trade someone, don't think, who am I going to get for this player? Pinpoint teams that need that position. You're going to you're gonna get much better value by doing that than, than actually pinpointing a player. Um, and then the, the last question is another one from Steven Greenberg 1. Um, he says, the prediction on the Houston backfield this week. This is kind of unfair because there's game time decisions. Oh, yeah, well... Uh, I'll let you know. Um, I'll report from the Texans <laughs> locker room. I actually I, I planned on sleeping in um, Arian Foster's locker. <laughs> I'll be in Ben Tate's. This right. This, well, that, yeah, that just goes without saying. And right. <laughs> Absolutely. So we can we can just report. You know, like with the you know on our phones, we could be like, hey guys, listen, I'm I'm in the <laughs> I'm in the locker right now. We'll use Vine. And just. <laughs> I just heard Arian say something about his hamstring. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. But, That's the answer. I don't yeah. know. And, and if those two guys don't play, it's still up in the air, but I'm going to say Ray Graham because I went to school with him. All right. There you go. Yeah. All right. Do you want to rant really quick? Yeah, just real quick. Uh, okay. Go say, ahead. But, I think yeah. it's your turn first, so why don't you start yelling? <laughs> I literally can't yell, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's actually a medical condition. I'd appreciate it if you didn't make fun of it. <laughs> um, I, I see so so much right now on the Twitters. I see so much hand wringing over "I told you so"s that don't even make sense to me because the "I told you so"s and it, this is from you know writers and non-writers alike. Uh, the "I told you so"s focus on on injured players. It's not yeah. fair to do that. You can't say stuff like, "Man, you know, I knew Roddy White was a bust," but what? It's just his—it's his ankle. It's the injury. Right. Uh, well, that, this is why you don't take C.J. Spiller in the first round. Are you—are you kidding me right now? <laughs> are you kidding? So it's something else beyond beyond the high ankle sprain that he can't shake. It's something he just—he just stinks as a football player. Is that what you're saying? No, it, 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 that was the correct. Wherever you drafted Spiller and, and Roddy was probably right on right on target right on cue um and and to say to say oh yeah i called it i called i said they would be a bust well all right i don't doubt that you or your neighbors or anybody said that anybody would be a bust but you have to be right for the for the correct reason you know um i don't even think it's fair to say that about steven jackson even though he's looked really bad even while healthy uh you know he's missed what three or four games this year so to be like, oh, I told you about Steven Jackson, uh, is is a, is even a little unfair. And trust me, I'm a hater when it comes to Steven. Like I'm on I'm on the I'm firmly on the um, you know side of I wouldn't have touched Steven Jackson anywhere near his ADP. Uh, so uh, it's just it's just not um, it's 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 not fair, and you kind of make yourself look like an ass a little bit when you do that. So you know just, just chill out with the recriminations. Yes. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna bite you later on, man. Yeah, yeah, that's another thing. You're setting yourself up. Yeah, it's not not a not a good uh, look at all. Um, on my side, I'm gonna I'm gonna rant about proposing bad trades. 
Uh, I'm in a few expert leagues, and I've been getting trades proposed to me that really just don't make any sense, and it, it, it's humiliating. Uh, and and <laughs> it really is. And, you know, you may be able to pull that kind of garbage off in, in, in amateur leagues, but come on, guys. I mean, we're, we're quote-unquote experts. There's no duping going on here. So, you know, anytime I get these trades, I really, I just don't even want to propose one back. I don't want to deal with someone who's not willing to show... You know, genuine, uh, in- intelligent respect uh, for for me being a-, a fantasy footballer, and so you know, while not all of you that are listening are an- are expert fantasy analysts, I'm doing the bunny ears right now. Uh, <laughs> do-, do yourselves a favor when you go to propose a trade, don't just lowball, and-, and all that's going to do is turn off the other owner, and you don't want to build that kind of bad relationship with that owner because you do need to get deals done in the future. Uh, and, and, and by doing that, you're going to be able to make a championship run because both teams in a trade should be able to win. Uh, so don't lowball, be smart, uh, and show, show some, some respect in a way. I know respect is too strong of a word there. Uh, cause it's not like, it's not, it's not like the, but it's not like the experts disrespect me. It's just, it's in a way it's like, it's like, come on guys. I mean, you're, you're insulting my intelligence here with giving me, I, I don't want to give the examples cause it'll be this poor taste, but you know, it's it's just not it's it's difficult whenever i'm sitting here doing this literally now for a living and you're going to you're going to try to give me a guy uh that that is bottom of the barrel for one that is only trending up and i know that he's trending up because i've been I, he's on my team i know that so you know just don't lowball guys and and try to build relationships more so when it comes to trading in fantasy football yeah no and and i would say that you should you should incorporate your trade partners level of experience and knowledge into the trade offer um, and I, I know in, in my book I talk a lot about you know basically trying to rip people off and not feeling bad about it but I, I don't I what I would never advocate you know going to someone who makes their living off of fantasy football and who 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 it keeps their finger on the pulse of of everything and saying, hey, you want my crappy guy for the, your guy who just got, you know, got, got a huge <laughs> opportunity spike? Um, uh, and I, w- I, w- I would say this, though, about the low ball thing. If you know your opponent well, uh, you, you know your trade partner well, then it is good to take advantage of certain things. I'm in right. a big Washington uh, league where, you know, everybody, everybody roots for the skins. And I know that they value my Washington players, uh, a, a much, you know, extremely high, way too high. So I know what I can get for a Pierre Garcon, a Jordan Reed. I know, I know that I can get more than I would in, a, in another league. So right. that, that's good to incorporate. But if you know that you're, that the guy you're trying to, tra- that the person you're trying to trade with is, uh, is, is under, you know, understands pretty much everything there is to know about the game. You need to really incorporate that into your decision-making. Right. And, and sometimes it's not even about, it's, it's about like, you know, if, if you have contact with them directly some way, whether it's through Twitter or an email or something, sometimes it's better to just start talking to them before you propose something. Uh-huh. Because yeah. when you propose something out of the blue and it's something bad, you're not, you're not going to get anything out of it in the future. It's just not going to happen. I know for me, I love to make counter offers when that initial offer is at least halfway decent, but when it's completely off, I'm not even dealing with that person because they're not being rational. Yep. That's the rant. All right, Denny, we're like 10 minutes over, but hopefully people appreciated the uh, the answers for them. Where can they find you at? Uh, they can find me on the Twitter at 
at CD Carter 13. I always do the two ats. No, just one at CD Carter 13. I write for the fake football four for four and XN sports. Um, I also have a book on the Amazon called um, how to think like a fantasy football winner. Nice. And you gotta, you gotta buy it because he needs to be able to buy another Halloween costume for his son next year. Yeah. I mean, unless you hate my son or Halloween. Yeah, or just children and cute things in general. Yeah, monsters. And you can find me at numberfire.com uh, and at LateRoundQB on Twitter. Um, and there was a really cool interview that uh, Dave Cherney did over uh, at uh, Sundays Are for Football. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a cool cool site. He's he's at Road Warrior FFO. Um, it, it, it was you know it was a really good you know really interesting questions that he asked, and it was more about kind of the writing process than it was about. Um, you know, fantasy perspective, which you know, it was it was a really interesting thing, uh, for for me to do. So check that out as well. I'll I'll be tweeting it out probably a couple times tomorrow. Um, so that's it. Are you ready to get some milkshakes? I am. Also, happy Halloween, everybody! And happy Halloween. And uh, uh, I will uh, tweet out a picture of my Jacqueline J- Jacqueline J- <laughs> Jacqueline her T-shirt. Uh, uh, so because I know you guys are so interested. Yeah, I definitely am, for sure. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for listening. We will catch you next week. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the Internet Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about the team.